This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Andy Hamakey talks about vocations, discerning the call. How does one discern what vocation they may be called to? What are some fears with a religious vocation? Well, let's find out. Father Hamaki is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Cody Marincer. Father Hamaki is here with us this morning. Um, you were ordained in 2018, I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, he served in Salina and Gypsum. Uh, Gypsum. Currently, Father Andy is the chaplain of the Como Catholic Campus Center, part-time chaplain over at Thomas More Prep Marion, which is absolutely wonderful to have you there with us. Um, and that is a junior and senior high um, here in Hayes, and he's also the uh, co-vocations director of vocations for the Salina Diocese. So that was a lot. That was a mouthful. Um, but um, it's wonderful to have you here this morning, Father. You know, um, Good to be with you too, Coach. Um, yeah. I get to work with Father. He actually gets to, he relieves me sometimes and gives me a free day in class because <laughs> he comes and uh, does uh, trivia games with my uh, students and things like that. So I got to thank you for great. that too. It's great. You get the day. Over here, huh? Away from the classroom. Absolutely. Yeah, I have to thank Mr. Meitner for allowing me to yeah. be able to come over here um, and Sports be on the station. radio all day. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, and enough of me. Um, let's break into, uh, you know, uh, what topic do you did you want to come and speak with us about today? Mainly about, uh, so I talked to Donetta as I walked in and... Um, She's like, how many how many different times can you talk about vocations? <laughs> so I want to talk about vocations, specifically today, uh, you know, a call to the diocese and priesthood. Um, but I think a lot of the things we'll talk about apply can apply to any of us who are trying to make a big decision in our life. Um, just how to discern well what's what's God calling us to. But yeah, working um, in vocations along with Father Josh, uh, just feel like all right, I'm gonna get on the radio station. Let's talk about. There's some young men out there listening. Hopefully, um, this is this is a a few tips on. How to discern what God's calling you to, how to be open to it. So I think for me, um, and and stop me and ask questions as we go here, Coach. But, sure. but, uh, but um, I think sometimes when you start having a conversation, you talk about, okay, be open to whatever this, this uh, vocation is and all those different things. I think it's kind of hard to be able to be open to something if you don't know much about it, you know, and and. Yeah. and all of us, you know, for the most part, we know what a, a father looks like. We know what a, a husband looks like, and we see those in the world. We see priests out and about, um, but oftentimes maybe it's only at mass, or maybe if you're at a Catholic school in a classroom once in a while or something like that. And what the heck is a priest, you know? So just maybe starting real, real simply with that, like what, what is a priest, and then moving forward. But like, so you know the story of Saint Maximilian Kolbe. Um, yeah. One, one, one good line I like that kind of helps start like who, who a priest is, what a priest is. Yeah, I think a lot of our listeners know his story, but just briefly, you know, he was he was arrested like many others in in, in World War II and sent to a concentration camp. He was a he was a priest, and um, at I believe at Auschwitz, he was uh, he was there with a number of other captives and, and 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 those who were in the the concentration camp. At some point, somebody escaped the concentration camp and and, and got away. And as penalty for that, the uh, the Nazis rounded up ten guys at random. And they were going to shoot him and, and kill him and to, to kind of deter anybody from trying to escape again. One of the guys that was there just starts calling out, um, you know, crying, like, I've got kids and, and, and a wife. Please, please don't take my life. And so Maximilian Colby steps up and says, uh, let me take his place. Put, put me in there in his place. And uh, one of the Nazis kind of, like, scoffs and says, oh, yeah, who, who are you? 
Maximilian Colby as opposed to saying my name is Maximilian or, or, or whatever. He says, I'm a Catholic priest. And, that, and that's his response. And so starting right from the very beginning, um, when you get ordained a priest, it changes your entire identity. Like it's going into like, you know, the fact that we wear black in some ways is because you, you leave a former life behind, you know, and, and, and at your very core of who you are upon ordination is a Catholic priest, you know, and, and, and it doesn't mean you leave behind your personality, your interests and those different kind of things. But, but um, it changes you uh, ontologically, you know, like at a whole different level. And then you wear that with you into heaven. It's, it puts an indelible mark on your soul. So, um, yeah, a, a priest is changed upon ordination completely. Um, a couple things just about that. Um, so we'd say, like, priesthood, it, it's not a career, you know, it, it, it's a call. And it's not just an identity or not just a role, but it's a complete identity, you know. Um, so, as we know, a couple things, we just wanted the trivia question. That, I don't know if they got it already or not, but uh, the question was, um, you know, what takes yep. place at Mass there, the changing of the elements. So, yeah, going on to... What changes when a guy gets ordained, um, and what, what maybe sets us apart from our Protestant brothers and sisters who, who have ministers who are extremely effective in sharing the gospel, can, can be there to comfort people in, in times mm-hmm. of sorrow, all that, like, all, you know, super knowledgeable in all kinds of things uh, about Christ. But what, what's different about a priest is, is kind of that upon ordination, um, you know, say at Mass, you know, when, when he says those specific words, um, you have to have had that, that ordination hands laid on you by the bishop with the words of, of ordination like prayed over you to be able to then yourself say the words of consecration and the transubstantiation happens and, and what was before that bread and, and, and uh, ordinary wine becomes the body and blood of Christ and, and to be able to be in the confessional and, and act in the person of Christ and forgive sins if someone if you were to go in there and do it you could do it at TMP on a Friday when they got uh, when they got adoration going on yeah you'd step in and I don't know how many kids would come in and, and try to confess their sins to you but if you could listen to him, um, and you could say, I absolve you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. But in the end, um, it requires ordination, obviously, for, for, for that change to be able to happen, to be able to work in the person of Christ. And so those are some like core things about a priest, what he does. He's, he's meant to be a, a bridge um, to people. And, and my experience of that is uh, for, for people to God, you know, at Mass, one of the, maybe the, it's, people ask, like, what's your favorite part about being a priest? Quite a bit. And, and, and uh, it's almost... You feel like yourself trying to get creative and think of something that somebody wouldn't normally say, you know. <laughs> but the, the coolest part I think most priests would say is, is offering a Mass, and in particular offering it in a place where uh, you've you got a, people in front of you who you know very well, you've gotten to know by ministering to them, and you know their joys, and you know their families, you know their sorrows, you know their sufferings. And at the, at the Mass, you're also having this, this dialogue back and forth with God the Father, and we're offering uh, His Son to Him, taking place in an eternal offering. So you're looking out at the people, and then you're talking to the Father, and looking at the people. And there's this just incredible experience of, as, as a priest of getting to be a bridge in, in between both. And, and, and uh, again, like you know what's on their hearts, and then you're saying these prayers for them to the Father. And it's just it's exchanged back and forth. It's powerful. And, and um, so that's one of the big, biggest roles a priest has, too. For those who are like, what does a priest do? You know we say Mass, but a bit more specifically, um, you get to be a bridge between God and the people, and it's a powerful thing to be a part of. Yeah, I, you know, um, if I may, are you a superhero guy? Kind of. Bat, kind Batman's of. about as far. Okay. I didn't get as into the Marvel, okay. mainly because I went to seminary right when all the Marvel okay. stuff started. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've always um, liked superheroes. I think it's kind of um, 
whether we enjoy Marvel or DC or anything like that or not, I think it is kind of ingrained into us, um, especially as guys, um, you know, because God did make us protectors and he wants us to go out there and um, uh, fight the devil, you know, and make sure that um, our friends, our family uh, is safe to the best that we can help with that. Um, But that's the way I've always looked at the priesthood is that, um, you know, you guys have this superhero power. um, And that'll get me into a question that maybe you can answer. Um, uh, But starting with that is, you know, um, if we don't see the priesthood for what it is, then I could see why people would be turned away from it. If we do see it for what it is, I can see why you would be so excited, um, you know, um, and not to not to give priests more credit than they should have. But I mean, you guys are very near and dear to me. Um, we always have to remember that it's only through the grace of God and it is his authority that does this. But really, you guys are those superheroes because, yeah, when you talk about once you're consecrated, um, then you can consecrate, you can perfect the Eucharist. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's not a superpower that Cody gets, <laughs> right? Um, I can't, like you said, I can listen. I don't want to. Yeah, um, I right. could listen to somebody else's sins, but I can't absolve them. Right. You can. Yeah. Um, and that's all because Christ has said, I choose you and I send my healing power through you. Um, and so that, I mean, can, can you add to that at all? I mean, what's that like to to be able to know that God has chosen me? I mean, there's got to be great responsibility there, too. Absolutely, yeah. So you feel the weight of it the night before my ordinance. It's like, and I'll maybe say some of the, about this a little bit later as we go into more how to discern, but I mean, like, the night before my ordination, and this is a common story for people, but but um, for religious sisters, too, before they, they make their final vows, like you feel the weight of the responsibility you're being given, all those different things. Like, what if, what if uh, in, a conf- in the confessional someone uh, says something, they're looking for some advice, and I don't, ha- I don't have a good answer in that yeah. moment, and they're not face to face, and they walk out, and you have no idea who it was, and what if, uh, whatever, you know, you, don't, you, you in a moment when someone's dying, and, and you're there for the family, and you don't have very good words, and, and uh, people are like, geez, like, what was the point of even having a priest come here? Like mm-hmm. all these these fears come up, and the great responsibility of of all these different things, and and. Um, uh, so the night before ordination, I was feeling all that big time, and and uh, I went out to dinner from with my family that night be- before as well, and all this stuff was on my mind. I've never been a worse like uh, companion at a, at a supper before. Like my family's there, all excited, <laughs> like looking forward to the next day, and I was just a, completely out of it, just a shell of myself, just like staring down, like what am I about ready to do? Even though I'd been preparing for it for six years, so the responsibility does hit you. That night we had uh, adoration with all of our seminarians, a lot of priests and family members and stuff. And at adoration, all of a sudden, just like peace came over, came over me and was with me from that point forward. So in the end, it's like, so as, as, as the responsibility question you asked, like, like, like anybody else with, with difficult things in their lives, um, as a priest, when you feel the responsibility of those things, if you, if you put too much attention on the responsibility on, on, on um, how things go wrong, Mm-hmm. Um, then, then the fear just continues to build. But we go back to that story of, of St. Peter walking on the water. Christ is asking him to do something that's way beyond him. And that's, in the end, what the priesthood is. It's way beyond us. It's, it has nothing, in the end, really to do with we've all got different gifts and weaknesses, definitely. Um, and so it has nothing, to, in the end, like to do with those gifts, but just something that Christ elevates us to help us to. And just like Peter on the water, he can't walk on the water on his own. Yeah. He keeps his eyes on him, he's fine. If he starts thinking about how this can go wrong, pay attention to the wind, he starts sinking and it falls apart. So... The coolest thing maybe I could say to wrap that up is, is as, as a priest, um, you get an opportunity to, to do things that are way, way beyond you, 
only because uh, Christ allows you to. Yeah. And if you keep your eyes on Him, He will not He will not abandon you. Not, it's not like you're gonna like be walking on the water and looking at Him, and He gets distracted and does something else. You know, <laughs> He's He's looking at you and saying, as long as you stay right here, I'm with you. And, and, and so, for anybody who's got fears about uh, all kinds of different things about priesthood, can I give this up? I, I'm attracted to marriage. I'm attracted, of course, good. I'm attracted to having kids, good. I've got my own sins I got to deal with. Good. Okay. Welcome to the club. Like they're, they're all, everybody's got all kinds of different fears about it. Just know that uh, if God's calling you to it, He's not going to abandon you. You keep your eyes yeah. on Him. Um, he'll give you what you need. Following along here. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, I think I know reasons um, why maybe somebody would be turned off to the priesthood. Um, you know, some of those I think are if you don't really know what the sacraments are and if you don't really believe in them especially as we're getting ready to go through the uh, eucharistic revival if you don't believe that the eucharist truly is christ i think it would be tough to say yeah i'm going to sell my life to that but could you tell me like um what have you experienced as to why is it that maybe people don't turn toward the priesthood when god is calling them to it Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think very similar to so going all the way back to even back to St. Peter in a sense, you know, we can we can use our if you're running from the priesthood, you're not alone. I mean, Christ calls Peter and and one of the first things Peter says is depart from me, I'm a sinful man. You know, like he Christ's response to that is be not afraid, you know, and and yeah. and, um, and so I, I fill in the blank for like I think it's mainly out of fear. And and, and of course the devil doesn't want good priests. And so that's that's going to be a temptation that that all of us face. It's going to be temptations from the devil. It's going to be temptations from the world, and temptations from your own inner self, who's who has a desire for your life that maybe wasn't priesthood. All of a sudden, here comes this thought in your mind, or maybe someone tells you you make a good priest. You know, I, with our donuts and discernment group at TMP, I, I was yeah. talking to the guys about like what what would you do? What would be your immediate reaction? Christ appeared in this room right now and looked right at you and said, I want you to be a priest. Oh, man. And, and almost every single one of them was like, absolutely not. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. and, and so why? What, what's, that, what's that reaction? I think probably the biggest one is, is um, giving up a life of, uh, you know, of, of uh, just for the our audience here, the, the boys, the way they put it was giving up cuddles. Okay, so that's, that's one way you can put it. Those are PG way of putting it. But giving up, giving up uh, a wife and, and, and a family that you've desired for your entire life. So certainly I get... I get that. In the end, though, it, it, so it's going to take some trust. Yeah. So I think giving that up, I think, but fill in the blank, going back to Peter, um, follow me, leave everything and follow me. Okay, you cast the net over the side and realize that this guy is not just an ordinary guy and, and depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Jesus says, be not afraid. From now on, you'll be catching fishers of men, you know, fishing for men and fo- follow me. Fill in the blank for you. Like um, Jesus, you start hearing the call in your heart, follow me, follow me. Be, be my priest, fill in the blank. Maybe it is department for me. I'm a sinful man. I struggle with this sin or whatever it might be. Jesus is going to say, be not afraid. I'll give you what you need. Follow me. Peter was sinful too. So are many other saints before they're, you know, like so. Um, maybe it's, again, like I've always, I'm so attracted to, to women. That must be what I'm called to. Well, good. That's a natural call. I know many priests who are engaged even before mm-hmm. they you know. And so maybe it's uh, whatever. I, I always had this occupation in mind, a certain um, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's it's those desires that you had on your heart naturally, and then you get this supernatural call, and then you resist it because you, you wanted this thing, or, or you don't see yourself as good enough. So then the next question is then, how do we grow in trust to where we can finally actually open ourselves to being open to that call? Okay. Yeah. 
good. Um, and Father, um, maybe if I could go with this question, um, I know that um, you know when I when I just throw things at you. Hopefully, you have an answer. But if not, that's okay. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you have not missed when you became a priest that you thought maybe you would mm-hmm. before you uh, were a priest? Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Um, is there anything that's off the top of your head you're like, yeah, you know, I really thought that um, when I became a priest, it would mean foregoing this or I would miss out on this. But really, this is what I have found. You know, that's a good question. Like, for the most part, I guess the things that I, you know, that, that I, I desire that, that are that give me life, I still get to do a lot of those things, you know. So, yeah. so, but certainly, so the biggest one would be, um, and, and it's, and you do miss it, like at times, it's like, would be the idea of, of uh, you know, having a family and, and kids uh-huh. and all that. So that's that's a, a natural desire that's on, you know, every every man's heart. And so, but not to the degree where it's like, um, man, I, you know, where it ever even crosses your mind, like, uh, why, why did I do this? You know, it's yeah. like, no, I, I absolutely. Um, I'm thankful to God for how much He affirmed us call all the way through, and to this day, still have a lot of peace about it. So, of course, like anybody, grass can be greener other places at times or whatever. But like, uh, so this crossed your mind, but not to the point where it's like, what am I doing? I, I absolutely love being a priest, but I get to, I love fishing, so I, I get to go out. And, I'm on my day off. We go out yeah. and go fishing. I love to read. I, I still get to, you know, part of my job is to read and, and keep learning, and, and uh, I love sports. My first couple of years at, at uh, Sacred Heart in Salina, I got to help coach baseball there. That was fun, and so. I still play the drums. My brother is currently in a band, so he stole my drum set temporarily. So <laughs> okay. I don't get to drums. I did have my drums upstairs at the camp center, but, but I mean, some of the things I really love doing the most, and then just being with people and and, and and talking about the faith. Obviously, that's a huge part of it. So, yeah, you know, I, I once heard a priest say um, they were asked the question, um, "Do you miss not having children?" And he didn't even skip a beat. Um, and he goes, "What do you mean? I have hundreds of That's children." Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was it was a gorgeous moment to me because it's like, you know, where you, where you think you may miss out on something, God is going to bless you um, even more in in you following His call. And so I was like, "Oh my goodness, yeah, you're now a spiritual father to your entire congregation." Um, so yeah, rather than missing out on how do you know I I'm not gonna have a wife, I'm not gonna have children to be able to raise you. You have hundreds of children right, yeah. to to help form. Right. So. Well, it's like and my own dad. You know, I listened to him. I've heard him say so many different times. Like the happiest he ever is is like rejoicing in in, in our joy. You know, when he, when he sees his kids happy, uh-huh. nothing makes him happier than that. And also like when he sees us in pain, nothing brings him more pain. And I can't, I don't know, I can't put myself exactly in his shoes because I don't have physical children. But in yeah. a sense, even in a few short years as a priest, like when you're, you know, really, especially in a confessional, you know, where you get to see people at their most honest. And I don't know, maybe you've had someone who's been coming for a long time with a certain sin or whatever it might be. And uh, they come in and say, you know what, actually, I haven't, you know, struggled with that one for a long time now. Or, 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 or this is my first confession in 50 years and you know, whatever. Oh, wow. Th- those type of things. I, I can maybe get a sense of what it's like for, for a father when that person says that it's been 50 years and they lay a lot on the line and they walk out of there and they walk out. And I'm not kidding. I, I'm sure other priests are the same. Like they walk out and before the next person comes in, you're like, you're like looking up to the heavens like, oh my, just so, so happy. And, and, um, and uh, it's like, in a sense, even though for me, that guy might be obviously is 50 years ago, so <laughs> yeah. way older than me. You'd feel like the sense of a, a pride of a father who's yeah. happy for their son and just so excited for him. But likewise, too, when, when someone, um, man, when, when they're just, 
running from the faith or you see them struggling, whether it's physical suffering or things they're bringing upon themselves, you like literally you carry that with you. And then that's the stuff you can bring with you as you offer the mass. So, so yeah, very much. I think in some ways that as a spiritual father, you, uh, a lot of your highs and lows as well are, are with mm-hmm. your, with your children. And on that real quick as well is like, what does a priest do? You know, like the, 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 uh, now father McCaffrey used to ask me that as he's getting close to priesthood, like, Seriously, father, like, like, what? What do you do all day? Like, I want to know. It's like <laughs> I can't tell you one day to the next. Is it's? Uh, but in the end, the simplest way to put it, I think, is you've got a lot of thousands of kids, and you respond to their needs throughout the day. And so one day is different than the next day. Some days your your kids are behaving well and they're doing all right. Okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch up on something I want to catch up. Some days your kids are very very needy, and then you're running around taking care of them. And it's it's a yeah, it's a joy to be able to do. Wow, that is awesome. I, I, I guess I can kind of understand. I mean, as a father, but not as a priest, I, I guess I can kind of understand also as a teacher. Because standing up in front of class, you know, you you get to know kids somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you can, you can see them, whether they're putting on a face or whether they're really being who they are, but then you see them in another circumstance and you're like, oh, man, why did they choose that? Or on the other route, you're like, wow, they're really a stellar person. Um, so. I think that's similar, yeah. A coach, a teacher, yeah. you know, a, a priest. And in some ways, you have that kind of father figure role. Which kind of yeah. gets us into, yeah. you know, that's that's what God wants to do um, if you're a priest. I mean, you mentioned it already a little bit, is um, he doesn't want to take away your abilities. He doesn't want to take your away your gifts. He wants to use them. You know, he wants to use them through you. We need to go to a break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about vocations, discerning the call with Father Andy Hamakey. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. Vocations, discerning the call. With Father Andy Hamakey. Cody Marincer conducts the interview. I mean, I think that gets us right back to, to Father, you know, talking about vocations. You Absolutely, know. yeah. How do you surrender? Right, good. So it's kind of like we were talking earlier. So, so we were talking about how sometimes people, you know, Jesus appears to you and says, be my priest. Be a religious sister. Uh, do, do this thing that you never, you know, your whole life wanted to do. I'm going to ask you to do it. Okay, we, we run from that. It's going to take some trust. It's going to take some surrender to be able to open ourselves up to that call. How do we get there? I, I kind of want to use, um, there's a really handy booklet that I've been trying to hand out as much as I can. It's called, like a very clear title, is is, uh, is Jesus calling you to be a Catholic priest. It's a little blue a little blue booklet. It's not, <laughs> being, not, not being around a bush. Like No ambiguity there. Yeah, yeah. These guys, <laughs> the guys that give it to you probably don't want to carry it out in public too much. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm discerning this, but nobody can know yet. Like, so, uh, but it's great. It's like 30-some pages, little booklet put out by the uh, this vocation director's conference. Anyway, they've got uh, 10 spiritual lessons for discernment. I can, I'll maybe just go through here fairly, fairly sure. briefly, but it, this, all these would be in an effort to help us grow in trust and to be open to the call. So the 10 are, and then I'll maybe walk through them, but the 10 are, you must encounter Christ, learn to desire what God desires for you, trust God, know that it takes time, know that your peace is found in Jesus, know that your fear is from the Spirit against Jesus, know that God's will is found in your will, 
when you are in Christ, know that the will of the Spirit against Christ is revealed in fear. You must stand firm in what you have received from God and that Jesus speaks to you through the church. So kind of starting right from the beginning, the first one was you must encounter Christ. And again, like so going all the way back to Peter and the other apostles, they didn't just one day say, you know what, let's, let's go be apostles. Like they, um, they, had to be, they had to encounter Christ himself first before they ever said yes to that, right? So, yeah. so for us to ever even, even begin to have a, a recognition of a call or, or to be even open to, to doing it, we got to encounter him um, and, and get to know him. And so where do we encounter him? You know, quite clearly, like, I think oftentimes you might have a guy saying, you know, if, okay, maybe I would. If Christ were to appear to me and say, go to seminary, I would do it. But until then, <laughs> he, he's, not, he's not making it real clear to me, so I must just be called to marriage. And I think you've got to ask yourself the question, are you putting yourself in a position to hear the call? You know, mm-hmm. or are you um, giving an opportunity to encounter him? Where do we do that the most? Well, for sure, the sacraments, you know, to... If possible, go to daily mass, you know, but certainly receiving the, the, the Eucharist every Sunday. And then also uh, spending time in, in silent prayer every every single day and just uh, giving God that, that space to be able to, to talk to you if, if, uh, if he does have a call for you. So so we don't want to just be living out in the world, avoiding the sacraments, uh, you know, never praying and saying, well, God's, God's not calling me. Um, that's that's certainly not true. And I, th- I think, you know, someone raised the question before, like, is is you know, we have this vocations crisis. Is God calling less people um, in this generation and in this previous decades than he was before when we had way more priests? And the answer to that is, of course not. And we, we, he wants priests now as much as he ever has. Um, I think it's more so the fact that less and less people are listening and less and less people are praying consistently to where they are putting themselves in position to be able to um, hear God's call. And that was, in the end, that was John Paul II's biggest um, goal as far as, like, bringing back a, a culture of vocations is let's get everybody praying daily. If we do that, vocations will take care of themselves. Absolutely. It's something that you said really sparked. Uh, if I may use a, an analogy, um, I used this in class the other day. So um, if you're a young man uh, out there listening today or if you're a young woman, um, and maybe this is God's call right now tugging at your heart. So as we are on radio waves, um, this is kind of what I said to some of my students, you know, hearing God's voice may be like this. If you're hearing us clearly, it's because you're tuned to our station. Whether whether you are here on purpose or you just accidentally stopped here, you're hearing God's voice clearly. Okay, but the, we know that when we start getting out of range, we start getting that static. That's great, and, and that's kind of the the noise of the world. And we also know, you know, I asked him, I was like, "You guys ever been driving along and you had one station overlapping another? That's so annoying, especially when you're trying to listen to the one." And but uh, usually, what happens is you're like, "Fine," and you just turn the station. You're like, "I'm not going to do this anymore," you know. Um, and that's kind of the difficulties of the world is going to throw that at us. Satan wants to throw that noise at us yeah. so that we can't hear it, or maybe we're just not tuned in at all and we're just on the complete static station you know and we can't hear anything and so that's kind of what i you know an analogy that i gave them and since you brought it up uh, kind of awesome. in that manner i was yeah. thinking you know maybe that's why young people aren't hearing god's call um, and it's the same thing for me or for anybody else whatever our vocation is are we tuning in to god's station or not that's exactly right. that's that's good i'm gonna use that now okay do that thanks thanks feel free steal it that's awesome Bottom line, too, quickly on that is everybody should just have their station on KVDM 24-7. Absolutely. Right? That's, that's right. But, uh, no, I, I, that gets to, like, one of the promises priests make. Because even, even, okay, you said yes to the call, and now you're living it, but how do, how do I stay on track as a priest? How do you stay on track as a married man? All of us who are called to be disciples, called to be holy, 
um, and live that out day to day, we got to return to prayer throughout the day. And that, that's why um, priests are literally, it's a promise you make, is to pray five times a day, literally through the hours, to kind of mm-hmm. keep you on track. You get going with this thing or this thing. Um, okay, now I need to return to this, these psalms and pray them, you know, okay. And, and so, um, likewise, I think for anybody out there in the world, whether you're already in your vac- vocation or not, certainly good. Okay, let's pray every single day, but what are some times throughout the day where I can just pause for a second and, and recollect and, and, and um, be reminded of the fact that, I, yeah, I'm a disciple and, and get back on the right radio station so I can hear God more clearly because the world's busy and noisy and it's a long ways away from KVDM, you know, like, yeah. so, so uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Okay, wonderful. Um, um, is there somewhere that you wanted to specifically jump back in then yeah, yeah, on this vocation stuff? rolling. So, yeah, going forward, step number two, back to this little booklet, was learn to desire what God desires for you. So when we, when we look at discernment, um, step number one, before the one thing that takes no discernment, and if you, you can see it like as a pyramid, like what's the discernment pyramid look like? What's, what comes first? What are we all called to? We all have a common call. And that's the holiness. Like every single one, it's not something you get, you get to discern. You don't get to say, uh, Lord, I'm going to take this to prayer. Are you calling me to be holy or not? Okay, I'm not hearing anything. Okay, sounds like I don't have to be holy. You know, like yeah. everybody's called to that and, and, and we share in that. And so St. Teresa of Avila defines holiness as uh, simply like doing the will of God, like, like um, unifying your will with God's will. That's holiness. You, you become one with God so that you, there's no contrary desire, like you desire what God desires um, for you in your day-to-day and your every decision. So that's to be able to discern well, that's a step we got to try to take and be open to is first and foremost, I actually desire to be holy. I actually desire God's will. And uh, this, again, this this is uh, this might take some prayer to even get to that point. This is where like Father Gale, when he was vocation director, it's the prayer. I'm starting to just call it the Father Gale prayer. I don't know if he came up with it or not, <laughs> okay. but, but he, he, you say it all the time at running Revs games and, and it's a great place to start for people who, who would run from Christ if you were to call him. And I think it's, Jesus, help me to want what you want. Jesus, help me to want what you want. I don't want that right now. If you appeared to me and said, go do this, I would try to run the other way. So, Jesus, help me to want what you want. Help me to get there. And, and I think um, this particular lesson, number two here, is like, if uh, it might be the hardest one of all of them. Like, to, to, to actually get to the point where we are able to kneel down in front of God and say, okay, I'll do what you want me to do. <laughs> because we're, the fear is as soon as we do that, he's going to say what we don't want to hear. And, and the fact is for most guys, like we need, uh, we still need holy families. We still need kids who we need to keep repopulating. Like most guys are going to have a call to marriage. And so, you know, you might kneel down and, and, and uh, oh, okay, I finally built up the courage to kneel down and pray about this. And you do consistently over time. And God says, I want you to want you to you know get married and have, have kids. Great, good. That's, a, that's also a very good sacrament and call from God. But but uh, try to reach that point of openness where where you kneel down and if God were to say priest, you trust Him and know that He's gonna He's not only gonna give you what you need, but give you a life of incredible fulfillment and joy. And and um, if you're not there yet and you need to build up some trust, pray for that trust. That's step number one. Is is is. Uh, Jesus, help me to want what you want. Yeah, as you were saying that, sorry, I had to rifle through some papers really quick um, to remember the name of it. Um, but I've actually been uh, praying this prayer that was given to us called the Surrender Chaplet. Um, the, it's, it's very easy. Um, the very last part of the prayer, though, is Jesus, take care of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's like get me out of the way, you know, like, like you were saying, and help me not to let my human stupidity um, be a problem in this situation, you take care of it. Like, 
I can't, you can. That's right. That's right. Yep. And if we don't believe that, then let's pray for it and yeah. t- talk ourselves into it in a sense. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That kind of reminds me of um, St. Augustine. Um, I think, wasn't he the one that said, Lord, grant me chastity, but don't grant it yet. Exactly. No, I think that's exactly. a lot of us. I think it's a, that's, <laughs> it's right. Like, that's right. Uh, yeah, right. Saying, it's the, it's the uh, uh, C.S. Lewis image of the little lizard on the shoulder or whatever. Like he's, he's oh, yeah. the sin is. And, and uh, he's like, just take this, be quiet. Stop, yep. stop yelling at me to do this sin or whatever. And, and eventually uh, this angel appears and says, do you want me to get rid of him? He's like. Not, not yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then he does. Well, he's kind of a cute little guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I kind of like him there. Not yet. And he does, and it's painful, and then it's purifying, but then he comes out as a much more beautiful creature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So moving on here to um, number, number three. If we don't get through all of them, no problem. No, that's okay. But uh, number three is, is trusting trusting God. Uh, quite, and this kind of goes back to what we said at the beginning was, uh, in particular, like trusting what you hear in prayer, trusting what, what um, okay, now I've gotten maybe to the point where, all right, Jesus, how do you want what you want? Okay, I'm there. I, I'm open to hearing what you want to say to me. Okay. And then what you hear in prayer, trust that. And be very cautious of what you hear when it comes in, in, in fear. Jesus speaks with peace. And so what when you're in prayer, one thing or the other, you know, um, St. Ignatius gives, gives a really good, uh, and Father Timothy Gallagher gives a good um, breakdown of this, but like um, this idea of, for most of us, if we're going to try to make a big decision in our life, a vocation decision, maybe even like a, taking a new job, whatever it might be, once in a while, God gives like the, the call of St. Matthew call, or mm-hmm. what, what I've been talking about already, like he appears and says, follow me, go do this, yeah. go do this. And it's just absolutely clear and we can't deny it. So we praise God when he's that clear to us. But most times it's much more on us to show up and and then pay attention to what happens to our heart consistently over time in peace, and so yeah, so so that's what we want to pay attention to. If you, if you go there, in my own experience, um, discerning whether to be a, a priest or to to get married, and I would, I would sit there. I've told a story plenty of times before, but it's over here at Immaculate Heart of Mary in the Adoration Chapel. Had to make a decision. I think about life married. I think about life with uh, you know son and, and and playing catch with them in the front yard. All that different stuff. I would smile. Nice. Sounds good. Actually sounds so good. Maybe that's where God's calling me to. Well, of course it sounds good. It's a natural call. But then when I thought about priesthood, every single time consistently for like four weeks, when I thought about priesthood, kind of this overwhelming peace would come over me. And it was like undeniable. It's not like a peace you can just kind of create or build up in yourself. And it was, it was clearly outside of me being given to me. And um, so this idea of trusting in God, that's what we want to trust. That Okay, I've come here four straight weeks. When I think about this thing, peace comes over me. Ask God, let's make a decision, let's go. And and, and uh, when I would leave there, and this is such a common tale, when I'd leave there, and I'd be out working grounds, going around, and I'd start thinking about priesthood, all of a sudden I'd have all these fears or, or like uh, just anxiety about it. Mm-hmm. And, and so this idea, this, this third step here of trusting God, in particular, trust what you hear when you're, at, when you're at peace, especially when you're at prayer, and be a little bit cautious of, definitely cautious of things that, that are coming to you in fear, because God does not speak through anxiety or fear. Pay attention to what happens in prayer and when he's moving your heart with peace towards one thing or the other. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of the problem that we sometimes have is, like you were saying, once we leave, we write it off. 
uh, you know, we're like, eh, you know, it wasn't really real. There's actually kind of exactly right. funny back to um, uh, something I showed some of my students yesterday in class. There's this video called um, Why Doesn't God Just Show Himself? And uh, in it, it talks about, well, um, if you were God, how would you do it? Um, long story short, um, it basically says, you know, if you were to show cosmic signs and wonders every day, it'd take us as humans about three days to go, oh, great, thanks. The sun went away again as I'm driving to work. You know, we're very fickle people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's one thing that we have to really be careful with is if God is putting something on our heart to not walk away from that situation and then just be like, uh, it, it, you know, it, it was just something momentary. Exactly. Look at the Israelites. They, they crossed through the Red Sea. Imagine the moments <laughs> after that. Yeah. People are trying to kill them to get washed away in the sea and they're free and they're looking towards where they're heading. Yep. They're, they're free from being slavery. In that moment, that'd be like, God, you're so amazing. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Days later, they're complaining, you know, like, yeah. like this, this thing's I hate you in the desert. This, this bread you're giving us from heaven is kind of getting monotonous. I don't really like yeah. it anymore. Like, so yeah, that, that's our human condition. So we keep returning to prayer and paying attention to us in peace because we are very fickle. Absolutely. I'll kind of just keep on rolling here and try to make it pretty brief. But, but um, yeah, number four, the step number four is okay. it, 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 take, it takes time, right? It takes time. And um, so God, Christ, likewise, when he called the apostles, he didn't um, say, follow me, and then say, okay, go, go out, you know, and, and it was three years they walked with him and learned from him and, and, and tried this and that and, and, and um, struggled and fell. And, and so likewise, again, if God's calling you, he, he, uh, in particular the priesthood, and you look at yourself and like, I can't be a priest. Well, no, you can't right now. We're not saying get ordained tomorrow either. We're saying seminary takes a long time. Right now, seminary, um, for a guy right out of high school, it's going to take around about nine years, you know, for a guy who graduates from college, about seven years nowadays, you know, and so... Mm-hmm. And all that's there, not just to like learn. It's not just the certainly the academic part of it. Um, there's the uh, spiritual part of it. There's the human formation part of it, as well as like the pastoral part of it. So you have all these different things that you're being formed in. So that upon ordination day now, now um, we're going to send you out. But it, it does take time. So just recognizing that, not to panic. Okay, I'm being called. Well, I'm not ready. Good. Nobody is. The apostles weren't either. It takes time to be formed. Yeah, absolutely. Number five is, is your peace is found in Jesus. We kind of already talked about that, right? But the peace is found in Christ. Number six is your fear is from the spirit against Christ. This can be the world. This can be your own personal fears. This can be temptation from the devil. But don't make decisions based on fear. Uh, make them based on what you hear in peace and in prayer. Um, number seven, God's will is found in your will when you are in Christ. So oftentimes, like, we're looking for signs outside of us or something like that. And, and, and what we again, what we want to pay attention to is when I'm prayerful, when I'm when I'm receiving the sacraments, what's going on inside me when I'm at peace, and, and not not looking for all these exterior signs. And God can certainly do those things. One sign I would say that is worth paying attention to is if you happen to have a lot of people, you might not like this at all, but if a lot of people are saying recognizing qualities in you, saying, yeah, "Have you ever thought about being a priest?" or, or mm-hmm. uh, "It just seems like you'd be a good priest." If multiple people you trust, who are faithful people, are saying that. Whether you like it or not, I mean, take note, take note, and then, and then maybe say the prayer. If you don't like that, uh, Jesus, help me to want what you want. That, that's a sign we can pay attention to. That's, that's good. Because uh, these are people who are oftentimes praying and, and then look at you and say, I can see that guy being a priest. So that's, that's a sign we want to pay attention to. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people may miss out on it um, is simply because if we are just looking for the clashing symbols, 
um, then we're going to miss where God really wants to work. And, and people do, you know, for any of us, whatever our vocation is, I think we have to realize that 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 is how God speaks to us very often. Um, like right now, if somebody's listening and as I said earlier, if you accidentally stumbled across this uh, station this morning, or if you don't usually listen to it and somehow you're now listening to it, um, that very, very well may be because God was like, hey, yeah. y- you need to be hearing this right now. Yeah. Um, so I guess moving on here, I'd, I'd say uh, maybe one of the final things would be the idea of uh, standing firm in what you have received. So we talked about how you're in peace, you're at prayer. Okay, this thing comes in your heart. All right, and maybe you write it down. The next day you come back, okay, it's there again. It's there again. It's there again. Like we've already talked about, it's going to happen then. Expect it. Like, like expect this. When, when you leave there, you're going to get all kinds of doubts about it. And, and, and yeah. so, so just, to, just to double down and say, I'm trusting what I saw in prayer. And expect those other ones to come so that you can reject them when, when these fears come up and, 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 uh, and move on from that. And so, again, this goes back to what we hear so often from – I experience this oftentimes as a vocation director – you're inviting guys to not to seminary yet, but just take the first step. Let's let's go. You know, at TMP to even get them to come to the the meeting, which is I'm so thankful for. Yeah, uh, you got to bribe them with donuts. All right, so come have donuts, and I'm gonna make <laughs> you listen to me talk about priesthood, right? And, um, but uh, these come and see weekends that we have, like at different seminaries, um, or or we got one a couple coming up actually, the December 30th through uh, January 1st. If you don't have New Year's Eve plans at all, you know, if you're willing to give up that weekend. Please reach out to me. Um, um, you can you can reach out to me at vocations at salinadiocese.org. That'd be awesome. If you're interested in just going to a retreat um, in Wichita, December 30th through January 1st, to just learn what's the next step. How do, how do we discern God's will with a bunch of other young guys who are going to be there who are, who are wanting the same thing. Um, they're going to be a great speaker there. He's actually the, the priest who wrote the book, How to Save a Thousand Souls. He'll be, he'll be there talking. Let me know. That's December 30th through January 1st. Likewise, in, in, in uh, the spring, we're going to be taking trips to our seminary in Denver, our seminary in St. Louis, our seminary in uh, uh, Missouri. So, again, um, reach out to me, vocations at salinodiocese.org. If you'd like to just go see a seminary and just see what it's like, and much easier to take the next step in, in discernment if you can kind of see what the place is like. And, and uh, final thing I'd say is, is I've, I've experienced this quite a bit where Someone says yes to that. Maybe they do email you and say, you know what, that sounds good. And then you get like two or three days before it, and all these fears start building up about it, and, and, and the guy backs out, which I understand. I did it myself multiple times when I was in college to follow Jarrett, who's the vocation director at the time. And, and um, But just, so be prepared. If you say yes to going on a discernment retreat, if you say yes to going to see a, a seminary, if you say yes to going to two seminaries, if you say yes to even like reaching out to the vocation director, expect shortly after that to have all kinds of fears and doubts to come into you. And when you recognize that they're fears and doubts and not peace, reject it and go back to what you had and in peace. Trust God. Jesus, help me to want what you want. Absolutely. A couple of quick things then on that is, uh, you know, I, I, I like to always try to get rid of some stigmas that are out there. I mean, it's uh, I'm not calling. I'm not trying to ask people to, like, go discern and then leave. Right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, it's actually, uh, you know, there are people that do that. Um, and I think sometimes people have a stigma of like, oh, they just weren't good enough. You know, right, like, right. oh, yeah. poor guy. Sure. You know, um, yeah. but but that is part of the process, isn't it? Like um, you want to know, is this what God is calling me to? Mm-hmm. Um, same yeah. thing with marriage is you want to go into it prepared, which is why back to what you were talking about earlier, 
that's why it takes so long. Um, you know, we see all kinds of marriages fail. Look at look at Hollywood. Like, what do their marriages last for? Like a week, maybe something right. like that. And so, um, very quickly, do you have something to say on that? As to you know, how can we get rid of some of the stigmas around that's, some of that stuff? That's great, especially like with seminary. One of the ways one of the ways you talk about it sometimes is when you're in seminary, you're kind of dating the church, so to speak. You know, like yeah. like like a guy with a girl is she the right one? And one, upon your ordination, now you're married to the church, like like Christ was to his bride, the church. And so, yeah, seminary is the next step. It's it's not it does not mean absolutely that you're called to be a priest. Um, again, we got to be cautious. We don't want one yeah. guys going. Yeah, I'm just gonna go and I'll leave in a couple of years, you know. And, yeah. But but uh, but but knowing that it's just the next step in the process, and absolutely, we've had we've got so many examples of guys who went to seminary and ended up got while they're in seminary hearing a call to to marriage, and they left, and now for their time, thanks to their time in seminary, they're a better father. Yeah. And I think they would have been had they not had that experience, and they're a better husband. Absolutely. Thanks to that as well. We're, we're lucky in Hazel, you know, to have at least three guys who are former seminarians hanging yeah. around here. I'd love to have them all go back to seminary for sure. But you can see in them, like, seminary helped make them better men, and, yep. and, and um, their faith is, is clear. And so, Yeah, I kind of look at it as you're talking. I kind of see it as uh, kind of like RCIA. When I first went through it, I remember father slid this piece of paper over to me. <laughs> Must have had this reaction like, what? I, I didn't come here to sign up. I came here to learn. And he, and he looked at me. He's like, no, 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 th- don't worry. He said, this is just if you decide at the end of the process, you're, that's where Christ is leading you, yes. then we'll do that. Exactly. Otherwise, he said, we'll file 13 it. There you go. <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, he's so. not saying do it today, but it's the next step in the, in the process. Okay. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for your time being here with us today. Yeah, I mean, it's a blessing. Um, I just wanted to thank you again personally. Thank you for being at uh, Thomas More Prep Marion with us. Um, and uh, definitely, if uh, you would leave us with your blessing today, that would be wonderful. Absolutely. I'll maybe uh, close with our, our prayer for priestly vocations. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit, Amen. Amen. O Lord, my God, please raise up an army of priests from the sons of the Diocese of Salina, priests that will carry your merciful words of absolution upon their lips, priests that will anoint our loved ones with your holy oil in sickness and at the hour of their death, priests who will fearlessly proclaim the gospel in season and out, priests who will offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass for our salvation. Dearest Mother Mary, fill the hearts of mothers and fathers of our diocese with joy as their sons discern a call into the holy orders of Christ's eternal priesthood. We ask this with humble hearts through the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Father. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning into Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. This year, we are focusing on Mother Angelica, so we will end this show with one of her quotes. This one is titled, Get Out of the Way. I learned that when you deal with God, get out of the way. I think that's the best advice I could offer you, because He has plans that we wouldn't think of in a million years. You need to just let God do whatever He wants to do and watch what happens. Thank you, Mother Angelica. Please pray for us. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.